Hi everyone, this is Danny. And this is Sharissa, ready to bring you Looking Up. Starting right after this song. A flower grows And I believe that somewhere In the darkest night A candle glows I believe for everyone Who goes astray Someone will Welcome to another live Looking Up show here at the studio where we are airing this from here in the Hunter region where it's a delightfully delicious day, wouldn't you say? It is. And I'm joined with my good friend Sharissa and the one and wonderful Shell. As always, great to have her <laughs> running the show, running the program, keeping me on the right track. Amen. And so, yes, we all say a hearty <laughs> amen to that. So, folk, wherever you are joining us on this Wednesday afternoon, it's October 11. We are fast trekking towards Christmas and the end of yet another year. Yes. And what a year it is turning out to be, my friend, Shusa. Mm. No short, no shortage of dramatic turns. Oh boy, year. oh boy, chaos and confusion. I think that's what we're going to call 2023. But then again, I think that's what I referred to 2022 <laughs> and potentially 2021. Seems to apply to the it end. Seems to apply, yeah. So, folk, you're on the Looking Up show, and we call it the Looking Up show. Let me remind you because of the words of Jesus, who in mm. Luke 21. Verses 25 to 28 said these words regarding the end times, he says, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon and in the stars and on the earth, distress of nations 
with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Amen. My friend Charissa, these words could not be fulfilled more accurately than in the times that we are living in and the things that we have been witnessing these past few days, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. This has never been more relevant than right now. We yeah. really need to be looking to Jesus. Absolutely. If ever there was a time when men's hearts are failing them from fear mm, for the today. expectation of the things that are coming upon the earth, it's right now. So, folk, we are glad that you've joined us. And today we're going to be talking about Bible prophecy in the light of current world events that are transpiring all around us so um, be sure to tune in and invite your friends all your enemies everyone needs to be part of this discussion and to hear this as we prepare for the soon return of jesus if you'd like to text us any questions, any comments, we'd love to hear from you. What's that number, Sharissa, that they can text yes, us Yes, our studio number is for text messages, and it is 0488 817 Okay, that's 048-88-17624. So, folk, um, yeah, we've got a wonderful program in, 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 in place. We've got a special guest um, that's going to be talking to us about what it's like to preach the gospel on the streets of the Gold Coast. Mm. So we've got my my good friend Trevor Petty, who's going to be joining us after this song. So don't go away and uh, listen into this beautiful song. Sharissa, what's this beautiful song? We Are The Church by MCC Worship. Shape me Put me on the potter's wheel and spin me Ordinary clay you see is beauty Made into the image of your son So you can fill me Pour your spirit out and dwell within me Give me the power for the victory God, I long to see your perfect love made We're gonna give you our lives for your kingdom's cause Till this world sees your light shining out of us We are the church, we are the bridge to the hopeless Send me, make me an agent of your glory I'll be a chapter of your story Salt and light to all the earth Jesus, perfect holy name of God is Jesus King of all creation, you are Jesus God, I long to see your perfect love Made known to all the world We're gonna give you our for your kingdom's cause Till this world sees your light Shining out of us We are the church We are the bridge To the hopeless We're 
gonna give you our hearts for the sake of your cross till this world sees your love pouring out of us. We are the church, we are the peace to the restless. We're laying everything down. might be found We trade our dreams for your heart Lord give us your heart We're gonna give you our lives for your kingdom's cause till this world sees your light shining out of us We are the church We are the bridge to the hopeless We're gonna give you our hearts For the sake of your cross Till this world sees your love pouring out of us We are the church We are the peace to the restless We are the church We are the bridge to the hopeless We are the church We are the peace to the restless That was Enda and Double NC Worship We are the church And praise the Lord He has His church here on planet earth In these dark and discouraging, confusing, and chaotic time, Sharissa. Absolutely. To, to, to point people to the truth, and that is Jesus Christ, of course, who is the way, the truth, and the life. If ever we needed hope and truth and life, it's now. Amen. So, folk, we are so glad that you've joined us on this um, delightful Wednesday afternoon here where we are. I'm not sure what it's like where you are, but hope and pray that uh, you're doing well and that you are continually looking up. Now, today... On the program for the very first time on the Looking Up show, we have an individual who I have been inspired by because of my sister. My sister Lydia put me in touch with this gentleman that we're going to hear from in just a moment, Trevor Petty, and um, he's got an inspiring story. So Trevor, welcome to the Looking Up show. All right, good afternoon. Thank you for having me. That's great. (laughs) It's great to have you, mate. And um, yeah, look, there's a whole bunch of things that we're going to be talking about um, in this program that are not so encouraging um, as far as what's going on right now, but they're encouraging from the point of view that Jesus' coming is drawing ever near. But we want to talk about, to begin with, um, how are you sharing the message? Well, firstly, uh, whereabouts are you? Um, I'm in, in Brisbane, on the south side of Brisbane in Logan City. Uh, I'm currently on a construction site. I'm a, a builder, uh, a carpenter. Um, so, yeah, so if you hear some tiles being thrown, <laughs> that's off the roof of the building. So I'm just, yeah, I'm on a, I'm a site. I'm a builder, but I'm, I'm an evangelist first um, and, a, and a, a, a disciple of Christ. Praise yeah. the Lord. Praise the mm-hmm. Lord. Don't yeah. fall off that building site, whatever you do. <laughs> no, I'm on the ground. I'm on the ground. <laughs> You're on the ground. That's good. The Fair tilers enough. are up on the roof. That's wonderful. Well, Trevor, um, yeah, so you've got your family up there. You've got, yep. got one wife, couple, some kids. 
Yes, one only one wife. Only one wife. That's the way to go. It's too expensive. I mean, look at look at interest rates. Interest rates are ridiculous. I mean, how can you afford more than one wife? Even yeah, one and a half wives would be too much for me. Yeah. So one yeah, wife. How um, many children? I have two children, two boys, uh-huh. um, and my son is in hospital at the moment. He's Ooh. about with his wife, just about to give birth to our second grandchild. Wow. Oh, wow. As we're speaking. As we're speaking. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. So you're a grandfather. I'm a grandfather, yes. I have a granddaughter. Congratulations. So about two and a half. Yeah, very good. Shell's all excited. excited. Anything to do with grandchildren, <laughs> Shell is excited. Her face lights up. She's just super-duper yeah, excited. So. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And we've got a brand new mum here in the studio, Shell, and I've just got four cats and a dog. So we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> we're all happy in our own little corner. Now, hey, um, you said that uh, your primary role in life is not building and constructing and uh, making dollars and cents, but your primary role is being a disciple of Jesus, being an evangelist, um, sharing yep. the good news of salvation. So tell us, what do you do? How do you do that? Well, I, I suppose um, I didn't really know how to go about it, but I was just reading the scripture and I was just impressed that everywhere I saw that they said that we should go and preach the gospel and we should, you know, be talking about Jesus everywhere we went. So I set out in southeast Queensland to to find a place where I could um, preach the gospel, where I could present Jesus Christ. And I found a uh, a small group of people on the Gold Coast who were actually doing that. Um, they were from Brisbane and there's a, they're from all over Brisbane, but, um, so I connected with them many, many years ago now. And, um, so from then I, I had never, I had never preached the gospel. I had never presented Christ in a public setting. Um, I had, I had done it at least one on one, uh, multiple times, but this was, um, something very new to me, um, proclaiming Christ in an open air setting. Particularly in a section where on the Sunshine on the Gold Coast um, in Cavill Avenue. Wow! Wow! So, so open open air setting there on the Gold Coast. Are you telling me somewhere near Surface Paradise, right there in Sin City? Well, if you've been to Surface Paradise and if you've been to Cavill Avenue, you probably would have gone walked past me. We have uh, we have a ministry there where we have a, a easel. A large easel, twelve hundred by twelve hundred, one point two by one point two or four feet by four feet, so that everybody can see. And we, while we're there, we paint the gospel. So we're painting, we're painting a message, um, and that message um, changes every single week. So we don't do the same message and the same painting. We paint a new one all the time, and and that's just inspired by the Word of God and by what we're where we are each each week in in Scripture, and we can present the gospel through that. We and paint a painting. Uh, a friend of mine who is also a builder who I have worked with for many many years, um, and we've served and and travelled around the world preaching gospel in other places, but he he paints and I preach. Wow. So, so we sort of have a team. So you do this every week, um, Trevor. Is this like do you, do you just go on the weekends mainly because you're working during the week? Yes, we we have. Um, I originally was down there every Friday and every Saturday night um, at different times and in different places, um, and we had a lot of opposition in the early days. Um, so we received a lot of fines from the council. Um, but yeah, we, we, uh, probably got three and a half, four thousand dollars in fines for 
and the fines were for the the first lot of fines were for um, touting. Now, touting is um, advertising material, and you're not allowed to give out advertising material in in the um, Gold Coast Mall in Cavill Avenue. And so we said, look, we'll see you in court because we have nothing to sale. You can't buy tickets to heaven. You can't buy, you know, there's no stairway to heaven. We're not selling Bibles. We're not selling resources of of any type. Um, It's Christ and Christ alone, and that's a free gift. Mm. So we said, we'll see you in court. Um, And they eventually, after a long time, they quashed those and said, look, um, you you can actually give out tracks, Bible tracks, and you can give out, you know, um, messages about Jesus, and there's no problem. Wow. So they were all dropped. Praise the Lord. And you were telling me about the police sort of getting on board and giving you a bit of a hand. Tell us that story. Well, again, in the early days, we had a lot of opposition from the police. So what do you mean um, by after, early days, like how long ago? So probably 2009. Okay, wow, okay. <laughs> So back in 2009, we, we had trouble with the council. We had trouble with the police. Um, with the, after the council, um, fined us for, um, the touting, they then fined us for making a public address in a mall. Um, and also I got, then I got thousands of dollars, but each time we had these multiple lots of fines from the council, God went before us and he opened the door bigger to actually preach the gospel. So there was doors opened that in the natural we couldn't open and that don't make any sense because the council didn't want us there. The police didn't want us there presenting Jesus Christ. They would rather us do that in church, but they didn't really want it on the Gold Coast. But God had a different plan and he went before us and he opened doors to pre- pro- get a position. But then once they find us for making a public address, he said, oh, they said, okay, now you can use amplification, mm. which is very strange when they just find us for um, you know, using our voice to preach the gospel. Then they said, okay, we, we, we're going to crush those fines, but now we're going to give you amplification. So each time um, we came up with uh, opposition. There was opposition by, uh, you know, a body. Um, God opened the door bigger and bigger, and, and God was fighting our battles before us, which was a real blessing. So um, the police, um, we were we were there uh, one Friday night preaching, and 26 policemen sur- surrounded us and um, asked what we were doing, and, 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 and I proceeded to tell him that, you know, we were presenting that we've all done wrong. And I said, have you ever come across somebody, a criminal, who's done something wrong and been really happy to see you? And he said, be quiet, be quiet, because straight away he was convicted and he knew exactly what we were doing. (laughs) Um, So after that time, though, they said they took our camera gear, we record our our evenings with with a little camcorder on a tripod, and they took our tripod, they took our, our newly used um, amplification system, they took all that, they even took our phones, um, and then they said, we'll see you in court. Well, on the stairs going into the court, the magistrate's court on the Gold Coast in Surface Paradise, they um, said, look, what do you want? Um, and we said, look, we want the right to preach the gospel, and when, we, when we're in trouble, you're going to come running through our aid. And they said, done. Oh. We never even walked into the court. We never walked into the court. He, he settled on the stairs. That was the head commissioner of the Gold Coast, and um, that was in 2010. 
And yeah, then from then on, we've had we've had the police's best blessing, and they've always come to our rescue when when we've needed them, and they're watching us on camera the whole time because all of um, Cavill Avenue is under constant surveillance, and and we're happy because we have nothing to hide. Mm. Um, uh, actually, we want people to be watching us <laughs> presenting Jesus Christ. The more, the more, the better. We we prefer. So, um, yeah. So, but then some of the police, individual police officers, would come with us, come to us in the beginning of our um, evangelistic meeting, and they would pray with us. They would stand with us, and uh, wow. they would really encourage us. So, so we had. There were there were obviously Christians within the police force that were were very you know, happy to see us there. And they said, well, we get to deal with so much negativity. It's, it's something really lovely to see somebody doing something really positive. Wow. Now, Praise the Lord. So, wow. Yeah. That, is, that is absolutely incredible. Um, Sharissa, I'm not sure if you had anything to, to ask. I've got, I was, I've got I was curious to know, uh, you said you, you have a different painting every week. Does, uh, what, what are you kind of sharing in your messages? Can you give us an example, a very quick one? Well, yeah, yeah, quickly. Um, so right now at the moment, we're going through John. So we paint the, we're painting the seven I am's. So oh, nice. all the I am statements where Jesus said that, that I am, I am the bread, I am the door, I am the resurrection, I am the life, I am the way, I am the truth, mm-hmm. I am the water. So we, we paint those in a picture and then, uh, we preach about those. So we have them up on a big board for everybody to see. Um, they've just put in some very strong lighting just above where our painting is. Um, so that's illuminated at night very well for everybody to see. Um, so yeah, that's, so that, that wherever we sort of are as, as we do our devotional time and mm. we paint that. So we paint as, as we grow in Christ, as, you know, as people, we, we just, yeah, we, we, we present that to others. Mm. So, wow. Yeah. Amen. So we've only got a couple of minutes or so left, but we'd love to have you on the show again. But tell us, um, as we sort of round off for, for today, uh, do you have a, a testimony? I'm sure you've got many, uh, a particular testimony of someone who, who has come and heard and potentially someone who continues to, to continue to come and how their life has been touched and impacted by your ministry? Yeah, well, it's a funny ministry because it's like preaching in Corinth because the, a lot of the people that are there are there for five to seven, maybe ten days, and then, they, then they're gone. So they come there. It's a holiday destination, and it's a holiday destination from all around the world. So God brings people from all around the world. So one night we were preaching in the mall and – Behind us, in there's some there's high rise all around us in the mall. There, um, a, a couple, a married couple, came down from the twenty third floor of the building, and they said, you know, and they were crying, and they wrapped their arms around, um, well, actually, my friend who was painting around his neck, and just said, look, this is a message that we would never hear in our country, um, and they were just crying, and they because they were listening on the balcony, they were listening on the on the twenty third floor. Of the balcony well, of their high And they could hear they all could, the way up there. They could hear all the way up there. So we have many testimonies of, of people that are, uh, they can hear from, from the balconies of the, uh, nightclubs and hotels and, and also from the residential, uh, apartments around us. But they came running down and they, they were just amazed that, that, that one, that we were allowed to do this, but it, it, it's a sort of a free, country um 
so we do have the privilege of being able to present the gospel. Um, so yeah, and then we have many people like that who hear the message and then they go back to their nation, but they come again back and they'll say, Oh, we were looking for you. We had questions and we didn't see you last year, but here we are here this year and we're glad to catch up with you again. So we have more people coming back and back and, but we pray that they will and encourage them to be part of a local fellowship Mm. or find some sort of fellowship in their local area, in their local country. Um, some of these are big closed countries, so they'll have to be very secretively about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, there's a lot of, uh, Muslim, Muslim yeah. people wow. coming to the Gold Coast. Praise the Lord. Praise so they um, hear yeah. the message. Now, Trevor, we are just so thrilled. Thank you so much for joining us. We have to leave it there, but we'll be coming back to you in the future. But now we've got a beautiful song. Charissa? No worries. I'll never get too old Thank to you. God bless. All of God, all of his life, and from his faith he never strayed. A prophet of a friend of the kings He was used in so many ways And as the years passed He still served His Lord Though weak and feeble He grew Cause with those prayers that He times a day he did more than any strong man could do so if my voice starts to leave me and I cannot talk or if my feet start to fail me and I can't even walk or if my I'll move mountains 
just like holding on. So if my voice starts to leave me and I cannot talk, or if my feet start to fail me and I can't even walk, or if my Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Hey, look up, child. Hey, look up. And we're looking up indeed on this uh, Wednesday afternoon here in the Hunter, just outside of Newcastle, where we are airing this Looking Up show on this October 11 day. And um, there's so much going on in the world, and we're going to be getting to that as we go along. But thankfully, our good friend, Trevor Petty, um, did not have to rush off <laughs> to his building project, and he was able to continue to, to join us so that we could round off and finish off this interview that we were doing with him. And so he was sharing with us some exciting testimonies, some exciting stories with police and um, and the impact on individuals, even as high as the 22nd or 23rd floor <laughs> on one of the buildings there, and, and how God was opening the way, just parting the Red Sea. And, and instead of the police uh, giving him a hard time, which they did at the beginning, they have turned into one of his greatest allies and supporters and assistants there on the streets of Gold Coast as he's looking to share the everlasting gospel. So Trevor, thank you for continuing to remain on the program. Um, we really appreciate you staying on for a few more moments in order to yeah have a little bit more of a chat. Yep, no thanks. It's it's great to be able to to share what God's doing um, here on the Gold Coast and maybe encourage other people to have the confidence to be able to speak about Jesus Christ publicly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, so also where you know you've got an excuse to get out of work for a little bit longer. So. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm the boss. So oh, it's okay. you're the boss. <laughs> it's always good to be the boss in times like this. Now, um, yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask you: um, Is there an opportunity for individuals to come along and who may be interested in doing some street preaching or street witnessing? And, and you're doing more than preaching, as as you pointed out. You guys uh, have a painting that you do every week based on the gospel message that you're sharing. And I think you were saying you were going through the seven I am's there in John and a drawing um, or a painting in connection with that. Uh, 
exactly what time do you meet? Um, and so those who may be living in Brisbane or Gold Coast or maybe south of the border uh, would love to probably pop in and just catch up with you and just see what you do and just get a few tips. Yeah, okay. So we are, uh, we're there from 7 o'clock till 10 o'clock. Now, that's the t- our permit time. Now, there's members of the team that are there uh, earlier than that. We have an, a, an older guy who is, who is a Syrian. He comes with a Bible stand and he sets up at about three o'clock in the afternoon in, in our, um, Gold Coast designated, um, spot. And, and then he leaves a bit earlier, but, but for the painting and the preaching, uh, out there is from seven o'clock till 10 o'clock. Um, this is every Friday, every Friday and Saturday night. Every Friday and Saturday night the, is, but I'm not there every Friday night because now that I have children and grandchildren, I have more commitments. So, but I'm there every every Saturday night, mm-hmm. and now I'm not there every. Some people say, "Oh, look, you weren't, I came and you weren't there last Saturday night." If I'm not there, somebody else from the team will be there and they will be preaching because there's a lot of things in life where you, you're not always able to be there. So, um, yeah, but I'm mostly there every, every, um, every Saturday night. Um, now if somebody would like to come along, if someone would like, um, to see what we do, um, we, we have people always coming along and joining our team. We probably have a team of uh, probably about 15, um, and they come and go as, as life happens around them. Um, so yeah, but we yeah we're very very happy to have people come and join us. Now we are non-denominational, so everybody is welcome. We 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 preach Christ and Him crucified there. So we have lots of different people from different denominations, um, all preaching exactly you know, the same message of Christ. Um, does other people preach? Um, if once I get to know um, a little bit of your walk and and get to know you. Um, I've allowed other people to preach as well that, that come along, but I'm very conscious of making sure that people are going to preach, are going to stick to the gospel, stick mm. to the message of Jesus Christ and not become, um, political or use it for, for some other, for some other means or to push some certain, you know, bent that they have. Mm. So yeah, I, I, I vet that sort of thing. Mm. But we do we do a lot of one on one ministry as well. So the preaching of the gospel is only a small part. Um, it's really encouraged that the other people that come along um, can actually speak to people that have a question, or um, they can, they could be standing beside them and say, "Look, you know, do you agree with what he's saying?" And they might say yes, they might say no, but then it leads into a conversation of them opening up with another people, other people. Some people come down from Brisbane um, and they've said, look, we, we, I'm way too shy to be involved in this ministry. And I said, well, could you sit on a seat and just look what's happening and pray? Can you pray for the people walking by or can you pray for the people that are having a conversation? Um, and they say, yeah, we can do that. And and I know what's going to happen because what God's going to do is God's going to sit somebody right beside them and ask them a question. Hmm. And that always happens. And God, and, and then they go, Oh, I didn't, but couldn't believe that God has used me in such a beautiful way. And, and they were so encouraged that they were part of it, even though they didn't want to be. The Holy Spirit had other plans and God had other plans. And the person come along and ask the question that they can, 
a question that they can ask, answer, and, and the Holy Spirit knows that. Mm, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, yeah, it's quite... So tell um, us, um, tell us uh, during COVID, what happened during COVID? Were you able to continue or were restrictions put in place that didn't enable you to, to share your ministry? COVID didn't, didn't really um, have any effect on our ministry. Um, we went out um, every weekend exactly the same. So we, we, we travelled there, um, the rest of the team. Like, I'm from Brisbane, so I have to drive down to Brisbane, down to the Gold Coast, sorry. But um, there were other members of the team that on, on the Gold Coast. Now, they, they went out each week. Um, we uh, had to stand a little bit away, but we didn't find that it really had any effect on us at all. Mm. Um, so if obviously if we were locked down very seriously and weren't, weren't able to move at all, we couldn't have. But here in Queensland and on the Gold Coast, we did have we did have a level of freedom. And because it was out in the open and out in the open space, um, yes, we didn't. We weren't affected at all. Mm. Oh, that's really good. Now, what what sort of um, material do you give out? You mentioned you give out um, some, so some we, tracks we, and so we, forth. Just some some yes. some some little tracks based on sort of similar material that you're referring to. Yeah, we, we we've got tracks. Um, there's there's some um, tracks that are have been in the public domain that aren't um, copyrighted. So we can we can use those, and there's there's quite a number of them. There's a, there's a track that we actually use from a group in Newcastle. They they have a ministry there, and they have written a few tracks, and they wrote a Queensland track, "Welcome to Queensland," and we use their track as well. So that's just got a big crocodile on the front of it, and mm-hmm. just says, "Welcome to Queensland." Um, our crocs love tourists. <laughs> And, uh, and it's it's a very humorous track, but it's a it's a really really good track, and it's an engaging track. And when you get into it, it, it really goes through the gospel very well. So, um, yeah, there's there's many we give out many Bibles as well. There's Bibles and resources that we give away. We have a little we have a table, and um, the council has opened a door bigger and bigger and bigger. Like originally they said touting was a problem, but it's strange. Now they have, we have a very large resource table and they instigated that. So, and on that, there is lots of things about um, where is God in our pain? Um, lots of different questions that people would, would ask. And there was, yeah, we, so we have those sorts of tracks as well that people can choose individual um you know, direct answers that they've got, and we've got little things like that. So, yeah. Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! And um, yeah, I've just got I've just got probably one kind of last question. I've got a few more, but I'll I'll stick to just one more. Um, during that period of seven till ten p.m., apart from preaching and painting, um, what what else takes place during those three hours? Well, the whole time, as I'm saying, there'll be um, one-on-one conversations. But we, the council said that we're not allowed to have music, so we can't play Amazing Grace. We couldn't start, for instance, with Amazing Grace. Now, we used to always start with Amazing Grace, but 
with some of the new restrictions, they say, no, because of all the busking, we can't have people busking and then your music and theirs music. It all becomes very muddy. Mm. So that, they just said, look, they would just prefer us to be a speaker, a speaker's position. And that's what, so that's what we do. And, and honestly, we are really happy that the, the council says, we need you. We want you to just, just to preach the gospel. Mm. Like, right. like but that's an amazing. Can you sing? Can you sing? <laughs> well, you can't sing. Well, Is no, that part we're, of the bus? We're, we're, no, we're not allowed to. Now okay. I do um, little tiny pieces of singing, so I will use um, some song titles or some catchphrases within a an Amazing Grace or something. Mm. But that's not really singing no. because I can get away with it because it's like a it's like a rap. If mm. you use a small segment, you, you're not. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we do that. We try yeah. and we try and be as engaging as we can with our with our presentation. Yes. That's why we use the painting, um, which sort of came from another ministry called Open Air Campaigners. I'm not sure if you heard of them, but they started in Brisbane in the 1930s, um, and we sort of expanded on what they have done and sort of made it um, to our liking and how we would present it. So yeah. Mm. Mm, fantastic. Well, look, we wish you all the best, Trevor. Thank you for joining us. It's been great. It reminds us of the of the biblical story when they were told not to preach, and they said, "Yeah, we ought to obey God rather than man." That's right. And they just went back to preaching and teaching and sharing um, because the gospel is to go forth, and God says there are to be no hindrances as far as the gospel being shared. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and we wish you all the best in your ministry. And all the best to your daughter-in-law. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on being a grandfather again. So thank you so much, Trevor. We'll look forward to touch base with you again sometime in the future, if that's okay, and hear a few more stories. And now we have... Grego Pillay bringing to us Washed by His Blood. By his spirit, Jesus, my Savior, died to save us all. Now that I've surrendered my life completely, he will lead me every day of my life. Washed by his blood, washed by his blood. Is the greatest joy for me Praising my Savior For the things He's done for me Come on and surrender Your life completely The power of His love Will turn your life around Washed by His blood Washed by His blood Blood. We need to be washed by His blood. 
Join Grego Pillay, who happens to be a really good friend of mine, and his beautiful song, Washed by His Blood, from his album that I'd highly recommend each and every person get a hold of. So here we are today on this uh, Wednesday afternoon here in the studio just outside Newcastle, and we're on the Looking Up show. So if you're joining us for the first time, potentially today, a big warm welcome to you and glad that you're on board. If you're our regular listener, great to have you as well. Well, there's a lot to talk about. We've just had a wonderful interview with Trevor Petty, who has been who preaches the gospel on the streets of the Gold Coast. Isn't that's, that exciting? That's wonderful. That's very brave. Yeah, it takes very courage brave. It to does, stand it does. out on the street and it say does. something. So. Most people would be like shaking at the thought, let alone getting up and doing it. But I like what Trevor said. You don't need to be out there preaching. You can just sit quietly and be praying and uh, be praying for God to bring someone into your midst, to take a seat next to you and that you can share with them or just to talk with people, to pray with people. So there's many ways to witness and share. It's not just a one size fits all. So today we've got a lot of things to talk about, Sharissa. Um, We we have a lot of things and uh, we're in this Bible study that we started last week uh, that we're looking to unpack this final crisis at the end of time, this final worship crisis. All these things that are happening are all a lead up to... They're propelling us forward. They are. They are. They are. They've all got different elements um, connected with with that final end time crisis. So today, of course, we're going to be looking at uh, the Middle East situation and what is unraveling there as we speak and the biblical and prophetic implications of that. Uh, there's been an earthquake in, in Afghanistan yes. in the last few days where over 2,500 people have lost their lives. Uh, there's the polarization taking place here in our own homeland as we prepare for uh, Saturday the and the referendum, which hasn't taken place for 20-odd years. The last referendum was 20-odd years. And so, yeah, this has polarized our community, not to mention the things that are taking place within our own community here. So uh, we've also got uh, the Pope's latest encyclical on the environment, mm. Laudato Deum, mm-hmm. or Laudato C 2.0. Mm-hmm. So that has prophetic implications as well. So it's literally... We haven't got much to talk about. <laughs> no, no, we don't. And um, that's kind of like about a third of my list. Yeah. They're kind of the main main talking points. So there's a lot going on telling us that Jesus is coming soon. Mm-hmm. And so we have a giveaway to help you in this space just to prepare for the coming of Jesus. 
And we've got a giveaway, a book written by Joe Cruz. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, Sharissa? Yes. So this is a little book by Joe Cruz entitled Hidden Eyes and Closed Ears. Is there a difference between obedience and legalism? What is the purpose of the law in the lives of Christians today? These are very important questions. And if they interest you, then you will be interested in this book because it comes to you with a very biblical perspective, Hidden Eyes and Closed Ears. That's the prize today. And we have seven copies. Wow. Seven copies for the first seven people to text in the code word when we release it. Mm, so be listening in for that, and that will probably happen at the beginning of our next segment. Sure. So we'll be doing that at that time. So be tuned in for that number, which is? 0488-817-624. So lock that into your phone, 0488-817-624, and we'll be giving you the code word at the beginning of the next section. So by the way, and if you don't have the Faith FM app, We'd yes. encourage everyone to get the Faith of Man, wouldn't definitely. we? Definitely, because yes. then you have good coverage wherever you are, as long as you have data. Exactly, and you can listen to previous podcasts. Absolutely. So if you've missed something or you want to pass something on to someone, it's and all there. there's so many good programs on this oh, uh, there station. Are. So. There are, there are. So, yeah, so that's fantastic. All right, well, let's, let's, let's begin. I, th- I think we really need to pray because we're dealing with some yeah. pretty hectic things going on in the world. So we really need God to lead and guide us um, as to the things we ought to share that will be of prophetic relevance to our listeners. So, Sharissa, mm-hmm. would you like to open up with a prayer? Lord, we thank you that we have this opportunity to speak to share on radio now with our listeners about current events as they relate to your word and what you have told us will happen before Jesus comes. We invite the Holy Spirit to lead our discussion and also to help us to have our faith centered in Jesus and that we may not be afraid of what is happening in this world, but keep our eyes fixed on him is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, my friend, I guess everyone um, who has has been tuning into the news since mm-hmm. Saturday night. Our time would be fully aware of, of, the, of the chaos, the confusion, the catastrophe that is unfolding there in the Middle East or mm-hmm. West Asia, as that territory is also known. Now, the Middle East is, is no stranger to conflict. No. Um, I, I can picture a Time magazine front cover from <laughs> many years ago, from many years ago, like maybe 15 years ago or so. I can still picture it. And it had, it had uh, a photo of the Middle East conflict. Um, I don't know. I can't exactly remember. There was someone running from a, a building that had been destroyed there, potentially, I think, in Gaza or the West Bank or I'm not sure, somewhere there in the Middle East. And there was one word on the front cover of Time magazine, again. Mm. Again, that was it. Very appropriate. Very much so. So people, people are like, here we go again. I mean, we see, you know, there's skirmishes mm. that take place in the Middle East. But this time, it was on a very different level. Oh, it's a huge scale, isn't it, what's yeah. happening right now? So what, what were your first thoughts when you came across this news? I'm so not sure when you my, heard about it Saturday night or Sunday. Yeah, I think I heard about it on Sunday, but it didn't really register how serious it was because my life's very busy with a little person. Uh, and by the way, how is little Judah doing? He's doing really well. Oh, praise the <laughs> Lord. He, he is oblivious. He's completely oblivious. But it really... Um, keep him keep him under a year, yeah. like for another another five years, oh, if you can just stop the clock. Yeah. <laughs> Makes you your heart uh, really hurt, though, for yeah. all the children that are caught up yeah. in this. This terrible Absolutely. conflict and the parents and yeah, but uh, yeah, I think it sort of started to sink in come Monday. Actually, I, I didn't really put all the pieces together till Monday, but yeah, it's, it's shocking. 
It is shocking. And so uh, there's, uh, there's a lot to talk about regarding this, and I guess we're all becoming well aware of, of some of the key players here. And this is a real tangled mess. Mm. Like we've had the Ukraine-Russia situation mm-hmm. for the past 18 months, mm-hmm. and the world has been focused on that conflict. And by the way, there's, there's many conflicts. I, yep. I didn't get around to Googling how many, yes. how many armed conflicts there are right now going on around the world, That's and right. um, you can maybe do that as, we, as we're discussing this. But this is a different conflict in that this conflict is so entangled with not only politics not only ideologies but religion mm-hmm. this is this is really a, a, a conflict in as much about religion as it is about politics as it yeah. is about you know um yeah the way of life uh, settlements um th- hundreds thousands of years of history is involved in this conflict. That's very interesting too, recognizing that a lot of Christians and different, you know, different uh, denominations and, and uh, branches of, of, of Christianity are looking at what's happening in the Middle East right now and saying it's got prophetic significance. Yes, definitely. So we need to talk about that as well. So, um, so it's interesting when you when you take a look at um, what is taking place. Well, maybe I can I can start off by sharing with you an experience that I had mm-hmm. when I visited the Middle East. I've, I've been there on two occasions back in 2010 and 2019. And one thing that really struck me in the Middle East was the incredible amount of security. I've never seen so many armed soldiers or police with, with machine guns at post offices, supermarkets, bus stops, okay, at the airports. You kind of expect you know to see them at the airports, but not to the degree and so there was just so much security personnel wow. everywhere, everywhere. And in particular in Israel, uh, you, you did not smile at <laughs> any of the security personnel. And for good reason, because mm-hmm. it's a serious situation. They're dealing with life and death pretty much every day. Um, and so they're, they're, they're way beyond you know pleasantries and smiling. So they're very serious whenever you bump into them, especially there at the airport. And we were told, you know, just keep your mouth closed, keep your eyes you know, where they need to be and no jokes, no no, nothing like that because it's a very wow. serious situation. And I remember having a discussion with our bus driver and I think it was in, in, in the city of Jericho, which if I remember correctly, I'd have to check up on that. It's um, controlled by the Palestinians because you've got, you know, areas that are controlled by the Palestinians and areas that are controlled by the Jews mm-hmm. there in, um, in Jerusalem, but as well just outside, you know, what's known as the West Bank. And so I remember having a discussion with him at, at the hotel where we were staying. He was on his own, and I wanted to ask him, and I sat down with him. We had a, we had a nice chat. He's a lovely guy. I can't remember his name. But I remember asking him, do your people want peace? And he says, absolutely, they want peace. You know, They want to live in a mm-hmm. peaceful environment. They've got families to raise. They just want to go about their business. They, they don't want to live in conflict, continual conflict and the anxiety and the fear and everything associated with that. And I said, well, do you think uh, the the Jewish population also want to live in peace? And he says, yeah, absolutely. And so I said to him, I said, so what can be done, what can be done for a resolution to be brought to the table whereby Palestinians and Jews can abide together in potentially one country or two countries or however many, in peaceful coexistence. And you know what he said to me? What? 
It'll never happen. Wow. It'll never happen. And I said, isn't that discouraging? And he says, yes, that is very discouraging, but that is the reality. I cannot ever see peace because both sides, in his opinion, were not willing to budge. Mm. So there was to be no, because in order to have resolution and reconciliation, both sides need to be willing to come together and give and take Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in order to come to a happy medium. But he said, no, that would not be happening as far as he was concerned. And sure enough, you know, um, when, you, when you talk to different individuals, um, you find that that is the reality. It's very sad. It is very sad. It is very sad. Now, some of our listeners may be aware, but a lot of them may not be aware that this conflict is actually thousands of years old. Yeah, tell us more, Danny. Okay, well, just, just a brief story. Just, brief we, won't story. Go in, we won't go into a full Bible study. But this all stems back from Abraham, mm. from the days of Abraham. God promised Abraham... Uh, a son, mm-hmm. and through that son, he would make Abraham uh, a father a of many nations, mm-hmm. yeah, of a great nation, and the Messiah would ultimately come from the seed of Abraham. And Abraham was impatient and decided tried to help God, tried to help God as we do. <laughs> and so, you know, his uh, maidservant or the maidservant of Sarah, Hagar, mm-hmm. she she gave, you know, Sarah gave Hagar to Abraham. As his wife, and through her, she was hoping to be this mother of, of a great nation, even though this wasn't God's plan. And so Ishmael was born, and then about, I think it's 13 or 15 years later, I can't exactly remember now, but um, Isaac was born. Mm-hmm. And so you have these two seeds, mm. Isaac and two Ishmael. Brothers. Two brothers, Isaac and Ishmael. And obviously we've got Isaac, you know, that, that has Jacob. And then with Jacob, we've got Jacob and Esau. So we've got tension again. And so you've got. Ishmael, that is really the father of the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. And you have uh, Isaac, who is the father of, of the Jewish nation, mm-hmm. Israel. And so ever since then, there has been tension, even though there wasn't any, well, there may have been tension, but you have in the scriptures, you have Ishmael and Isaac together burying their father, Abraham. Mm, so they came together. They came together. Um, so even though they lived apart, but they came together to bury, you know, their father. So it appears from scripture, from the limited, you know, that we have afterwards as they are, you know, that they moved separate, that, that they amazing, lived in harmony, it? even though they lived separate, but there was no serious conflict. Mm. And then you got Jacob and Esau, mm. and they also come together and they bury their father, Isaac. And so you've got this conflict and that runs all the way through all the way down through history. And then, of course, you know, the brief summary of that is, you know, you've got the, the dispersion of the Jewish state and the Jewish nation, especially 70 AD, when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans and the diaspora, as it's become known, where they, you know, scatter throughout the world, just as Jesus said, would take place. And then you've got World War II, and even prior to World War II, but then World War II, 1948, when they become uh, a Jewish state. They are recognized by the United Nations. When was it? Uh, May 14, 1948. Yeah. It was declared uh, the state of Israel. And so you've got you know, Palestinians that were living in that place that are displaced and many Jews are coming back, especially from Eastern Europe, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the Holocaust and what took place. And so ever since then, you've got a lot of tension. And so, yeah, it's just been, you know, there's a lot more to the story. 
but you've got a lot of tension going on. And then you've got the Middle Eastern countries um, that were that were not very welcoming towards Israel in mm-hmm. 1948. Um, there were, what were those nations? Um, there was Syria, Egypt, Jordan, Iraq, and later on Lebanon, that the day after they declared their independence or the day after they declared that they were going to be a state, they came in and invaded Israel and had a war in Israel was successful hmm. in that war. And then you've got the six-day war mm-hmm. that took place in Israel once again was successful in fighting off so these enemies wars. that surround them. And then you've got 50 years ago, yes, pretty much to the day when, you know, the Yom Kippur. 1973. Yeah, 1973, the Yom Kippur War. And this was literally 50 days, I think one day, 50 years, 50, 50 years sorry, 50 years in a day, and then this took place. So you've got all this history um, and this animosity between these these two groups, and it reminds us of what Jesus had to say, where nation or ethnos, mm. ethnic group, would fight against nation ethnic group. Nation will rise against nation. Yeah, so that's a little on that. And, um, yeah, we need to be praying. We need to be praying because there's a lot of tension here in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw some protests in yep, Sydney. Absolutely. And, and some plans for... anticipating war yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah, that's right. So there's a lot of tension here, um, not to mention, you know... If this was to escalate further and Iran was to get involved and um, some of the... Oh, have mercy, have mercy. Well, uh, Let's listen to Greg Cooper <laughs> bring us grace upon grace. We need some hope. What would it take to be our saviour? What would it take to give us life? world can know the Father, who in the darkness is a light. Jesus, the Lamb of God, Messiah, the Holy One, and from His fullness we've received grace upon grace, grace upon grace. Jesus, the truth, the life who reigns at Father's side and all he has he gave for us grace upon grace grace upon grace who was with God before the ages who was alive when time began who would give up the wealth of heaven only to suffer at our hands Jesus the Lamb of God Messiah the Holy One and from His fullness we've received grace upon grace grace upon grace Jesus the truth the life who reigns at Father's side 
these people? What is the name we'll shout and sing? Who is the word I've got to save us? What is his name? Jesus, the Lamb of God, Messiah, the Holy One, and from his fullness we receive grace upon grace, grace upon grace. Greg Cooper, Grace Upon Grace. You're listening to The Looking Up Show and you're here with Sharissa and myself and Shell as we continue on this journey that we are in by taking a look at what's taking place in the world in light of Bible prophecy. Before we continue with that discussion, Sharissa, do you, do you yes. want to give the, the code word for this book and how people can get we hold should. of it? So today the code word for the book is LU23WORSHIP. The book is Hidden Eyes and Closed Ears, a book that answers questions about the difference between obedience and legalism, what is the purpose of the law in the life of the Christian, and this book will help you avoid spiritual delusions that will cause many to turn away from God. It's a very important subject and this will be a blessing. So we have seven copies available for the first seven people to text in the code word LU23WORSHIP to the number 0488-817-624. LU23WORSHIP. Fantastic. And um, so if there's any, any, any comments that have come through, Sharissa, thus far today? Nope. Okay, so there isn't. So if you want to send in your comment or your question, 04 We'd love to hear from you. We got one from Lynn saying, I'm listening in. Oh, oh this is Lynn. Fantastic. Oh, Thank Lynn might Lynn. be reminding me. And um, somebody else text in, great show. God bless this ministry talking about the interview. Oh, yeah, Trevor Petty on the Gold Coast. The Gold right. Coast Preacher. Sharing the gospel in Sin City. Praise the Lord for that. We need lots of Trevor Petties there in the Gold Coast, don't we? We do, we do. In every corner of, All over of the, the land. <laughs> All over the world, indeed. Now, Sharissa, we were talking during the break, uh, people who are stuck there, and obviously we're hearing on the news, uh, countries are being urged and encouraged by those who are there, especially to provide re patriation flights mm-hmm. and get them back safely. Mm-hmm. We know some individuals. We um, do. In yeah. fact, our listeners might know them too. Yeah. Do you want to mention their names? Uh, it was David Asherick and Ty Gibson. They yeah. were there, I believe, hosting two tours. That's right. In the Middle East, um, the Bible lands and the Holy Lands. And yeah, they, they just got out of there. I think they both got out of there. I know Ty was waiting in a, an airport, according yeah. to what I read, but David got home, so yeah, praise, praise God. the Lord. Praise the Lord for that. And Lynn, that might be Lynn who has texted us. She sent me that message because I'm not on Facebook, but she copied it. And it was interesting to, to read, which you did, Sharissa, you know, the account from Ty Gibson yes. as he's taking it through. And I'm just picturing that whole event unfold. And within two hours, they had to book their flights. They had Amazing. to 
change everything and make bookings and head home. Yep. It all happened literally within two hours. Yeah. It just shows how quickly the world can change. It's a volatile world we live in. Absolutely. And they're calling this the September 11 of Israel. Really? Yeah, that's what they're calling I this. More that. and more, the September 11 wow. of Israel. And we know what happened on September 11. Mm-hmm. The newspapers had the one common headline, the world will never be the same again. Yeah, the world changed. The September world changed. 11. Absolutely. And it's different since then, just like COVID was a line in the sand and it changed the way we do life just like just like this will be a line in the sand and this will very much alter the way we do life um, on a geopolitical level Mm. not just in the middle east but around the world because this is impacting the whole world and just something before we take a look at the what our christian friends what the evangelical christian community is saying about this and how they view this Mm -hmm. um we know we know the tensions and we know the polarization because obviously Iran was celebrating um, uh, this you know this terrorist attack as it's become known, and you've also got the Russians who uh, vetoed the Security Council, fifteen members of the Security Council in the United Nations who met I think it was on Sunday or Monday to condemn this attack by Hamas and uh, the Russians vetoed. One member can veto. And wow. so it never went through. It was, <coughs> excuse me, they weren't able to vote unanimously to condemn this attack. So you've got all this. Yeah, so you've got I all this tension. That, yeah. So there's a lot of tension. Um, and so there's going to be other players that are going to be involved, not to mention, you know, Hezbollah, which is another group to the north of Israel. They're situated in, in Lebanon. Um, you've got Syria. Mm. I mean, Israel is surrounded, literally surrounded, by Islamic nations. Mm. Yet they have nuclear capability. They are the only Middle Eastern nation that has nuclear capability. Iran's trying to acquire nuclear capability themselves, and so everyone's really nervous. And so the Americans are sending their forces. There's a whole bunch going on. Oh, so let's, let, let's talk about it from a, from a biblical point of view. You've got a very interesting headline well, there that you came across. I just across. found an article. I was interested in what people are saying now. This is in the Washington Times. It's an opinion post. It's entitled, War in Israel, a Fulfillment of Bible Prophecy? Question mark. And it goes on, talks about you know this person's experience with discovering the war was happening. And then it goes on and it says how, it highlights how they believe that the Bible predicts that Jerusalem, will be the center of end-time events. Mm-hmm. And they quote here a passage in Zechariah 12, 3 and 4, where God says that he will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink and make the nations that stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. Uh, on that day, it will make Jerusalem an immovable rock, and all the nations will gather against it to try and remove it, but they will only hurt themselves. So they talk in here about you know how God was going to regather his people, and they talk about that being 1948 when mm-hmm. Israel uh, was uh, became a nation, and then after it was uh, regathered, then it said she would come under attack, and then they quote Ezekiel thirty-seven and thirty-eight, and talking about Gog and Magog, and talking about Persia, which is another ancient name for modern Iran, and so. According to this article, they're expecting, it says here, but if you get up in the morning and read this headline, Russia attacks Israel, fasten your seatbelt because you're seeing Bible prophecy fulfilled in your lifetime before your very eyes. And then, this is what was really interesting. Keep going, you are on a roll. What should Christians be doing in light of all of this? Two things, and it quotes out 
theme text for this show. Look up. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what we need to be doing because mm. Jesus is coming soon and we need to pray. That's what they said. So it was an interesting take mm. on prophecy. Yeah, and that's and that's generally where things are at. I've been listening in and tuning in, which I was prior to this event, um, to CBN, which is the Christian Broadcast Network that mm-hmm. that comes out of the United States of America, and yep. also Faith Nation, another yep. you know Christian broadcasting network there from the United States of America, and they have been continually, especially in the last few days since this attack took place, they've been continually speaking of Israel's role Mm. in Bible prophecy and praying for Israel. So they are very much adamant and believe in just what you have read there and shared briefly. And I I think I listened to an interview on one of those networks also where they're now waiting for the Antichrist to present himself in the Middle East. So So they are expecting Russia. To come from the north and uh, to be part of this coalition to destroy Israel. But that's where Armageddon will take place. And in the context of Armageddon, Israel will have the victory. But this, yeah, this individual, this Antichrist. And then there's going to be tribulation for seven years. (laughs) That's right. There's going to be a peace accord. There's going to be a peace accord. And for three and a half years, that peace accord will continue. But then in the middle of that week, taking this. Uh, 70 week prophecy from Daniel 9, which is about Jesus Christ. That's right. And they throw it into the sphere of the Antichrist. Yep. And then that covenant will be broken and then the time of tribulation. And that three waiting. and a half years will, will take place. And this all happens before the rapture. So the rapture yeah. happens first. That's what I was going to say. The guy said, and so what we're waiting for next is the rapture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the enemy has a counterfeit for everything. He Every has a truth. Ca- for, for the day of worship, the enemy yep. has the counterfeit. For what happens when you die, the enemy has a counterfeit. Yep. For holistic health and well-being, yep. the enemy has a counterfeit. For God's law, he has a counterfeit. For everything, he has a counterfeit. And for Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. he has a counterfeit. According to Bible prophecy, the center of Bible prophecy will not be in the Middle East. That's right. Because Bible prophecy moves from east to west. If you take a look at Babylon... Medo-Persia on the map. You can just take a look at it mm-hmm. on the map. Mm-hmm. You go Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, Rome. It's moving from east to west. And then in Revelation 13, as we've been discovering and will continue in the coming weeks, Bible prophecy ends in the United States of America. Mm. That's Revelation 13, 11 to 17. And so the United States is the epicenter of end-time Bible prophecy. And that's it's a not, very big difference. That's a huge difference. So we're not going to the Middle East. We're going to the United States of America, and the issue is not going to be a physical war to destroy literal Jerusalem, literal Israel, the literal temple. The issue at the end of time will be a spiritual war, not a physical war, a spiritual war waged against not literal Israel, but spiritual Israel, who are those individuals, according to the New Testament, according to the words of Paul, who are the seed of Abraham who follow Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Amen. And are true to him, keep his commandments, have the faith of Jesus, have the testimony of Jesus Christ, and they honor and worship Jesus Christ on the day that he said we ought to worship, and that's going to be the final issue. This is the biggest smokes, prophetic smokescreen, the biggest prophetic smokescreen you could imagine. 
And let me just quote to you what the Bible says here in Galatians 3.28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. Mm-hmm. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So that's spiritual Israel right Amen. there. Amen. Amen. follow Jesus, if you love him, you belong to him, you're spiritual Israel. Yep, and you're a seed of Abraham. You yes, know, and heirs according to the promise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so over and over again. And in Revelation, in Revelation, we have in Revelation chapter 7 there, we have those who receive the seal of God. If mm-hmm. you would like to just uh, read that for us, please. Um, if you want to read, say, yeah, Revelation 7 and verse 4. The Bible says... And I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. Okay. This is obviously, you know, we're dealing with a lot of symbolism here. But the point here is that God's end time people, this is the sealing. This is right at the end. This is the seal of God and the mark of the beast. They're, They're the two opposites. This is that final showdown. We've got those who are going to receive the mark of the beast. And we receive, and those who receive the seal of God, and they are referred to as Israel, mm. God's end time Israel, mm-hmm. and uh, they are that spiritual group that make up, you know, God's end time people. And if you want to read who these individuals are, list the twelve tribes, and so it's obviously not literal because they're they're males yep. from the literal tribes, and we know that pretty much no one, not even Jews, most Jews cannot cannot tell you. That they are direct descendants of a particular of a particular tribe, um, and they need to be male virgins. On top of that, so if you want to read verses nine, um, where are we here? To yeah, this great multitude. Yeah, read verse nine to I would say twelve or thirteen. Yeah, verse nine to thirteen. After these things I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice saying salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of great tribulation Mm. and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Okay. So who are they that form Israel at the end of time? They are the ones that are sealed by God. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb, and they are the ones that stand before the throne of God. They are from every nation, tribe, people and tongue. Amen. That reminds of Revelation 14:6. It does. That's a message that goes yeah. to every nation. Exactly. So this message is preparing. Exactly, the preparing the world for the second coming of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we ought not to be focused on a literal geographic place. It's much bigger than that. It's much bigger. This is a worldwide message where yeah. God is calling people from every nation, tribe, tongue and people to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Mm. So there's nothing special about Israel. There's nothing special about the United States. And with all due respect, Sharissa, there's nothing special about Australia. Mm-hmm. There's nothing special about any geographical place on planet Earth. At the end of time, God loves the world. He wants to save the world. And he has a message, that final message of love, which is the three angels' messages in Revelation 14, 6 to 12. And that message needs to go to the whole world to prepare the whole world mm-hmm. 
for the second coming of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And um, so, yeah, so we need to be, we really need to be mindful that, yes, we need to be praying for Israel. Yes. We need to be praying for the Palestinians. We need to be praying for the Australians, for the Americans, for the Russians, for the Ukraine, for every man, woman, and child on the planet because all are in need of salvation. Amen. So, yeah, so that's a little on that. And um, what, 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 is, what is interesting, um, yeah, this Christian Broadcast Network, I, I jotted down a couple of things that were saying we need to pray for Israel for two things in particular. They said, you know, Christians need to fight against radical Islam number one, and radical secularism. <laughs> they were saying they are the two enemies of Christianity, the two enemies, radical Islam, which is obviously in opposition to, to, to the Jewish state of Israel, and radical secularism. And so radical secularism has been on the agenda. That's been on the map. Mm-hmm, we talk about mm-hmm. that every week. But now radical Islam has come onto the spotlight. Mm. So it's interesting how, how these things are, are taking place and... Um, you know, I also thought it was interesting how this attack was a surprise. Yeah. And I think we can maybe talk a little bit about that and what the Bible has to say about the second coming. True, I saw true, the true. parallels of Jesus That's a good point, yeah. when he talked about being surprised and being watching and being ready and not being caught off guard. And obviously, you know, the, the Israeli security forces were caught napping. Um, you know, this is one of the most uh, secure places on the planet. And yet... They were caught off guard. So, yeah, fascinating stuff. Well, and, um, yeah. There's so much more to share and, um, yeah, well, I guess we'll need a... Let's have a song. <laughs> uh, the Heritage Singers will bring to us one of my favourites, No More Night, after which there'll be the news and we continue this discussion. Sound 
You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. You're listening to The Looking Up Show, and I can't believe it, Sharissa, we are in the home stretch. Yeah, this went really fast today. It went super fast. It goes fast very pretty much every week, but this it week does. it was just like super duper fast. And um, Well, there's, uh, there, there's so much more still to talk about mm-hmm. uh, the Middle East situation. I don't think that's going away anytime soon, sadly. I'd love to be wrong on that. Um, I'd love for us next week to be on air, and there's been a peaceful resolution. Mm-hmm. But unless um, the pontiff steps in, in the meantime, it's probably not going to happen uh, through any other means. So, but we'll talk about uh, 
Yeah, the the Roman papacy's role in peacemaking. We'll talk about that. That would be very interesting. On another occasion. But at the moment, we really need to tap into it today. The majority of our program was going to be on Laudate Deum. Right. Which is this second encyclical, which is huge from a prophetic point of view, but obviously this other news item um, was more pressing, so we're focused on the Middle East situation to help our listeners understand some of the context and um, where things are from a prophetic point of view. But in this last section, let's take a look at um, Laudato Deum. So firstly, in case some of our listeners may not be aware, this is the second encyclical of Pope Francis on the environment. So the first one came out in 2015. So eight years later, he has decided to update that um, based on the current situation in the world when it comes to the climate. And this was uh, an interesting headline uh, that, that I received from uh, this, uh, where are we here? CBC. Can't remember who 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 that stands for, um, but it says Pope Francis warns of point of no return on climate change as key Vatican summit begins. So there was a, a key Vatican summit, and he said that we need to we need to be very clear in ensuring that we provide for our environment that which it needs in order for human life to be sustained. So. I want to go to this uh, news article, actually, the one that I was looking for. I've just found it from the Vatican News. So Mm -hmm, this is Vatican mm -hmm. News, and uh, this was the headline, Laudato Deum, the Pope's Cry for a Response to the Climate Crisis. Now, I read through the actual encyclical. It's not as long as the first one. No, it's 7,500 words. That's right. The other one was like three or four times as long, um, at least. At least three times it was a lot longer. But this one is very short. And um, so I'll just read here what it says. Pope Francis has published an apostolic exhortation building on his 2015 encyclical. We're not reacting enough, he says. We're close to breaking point. Mm -hmm. He criticizes climate change deniers, saying that the human origin of global warming is now beyond doubt. And he describes how care for our common home flows from the Christian faith. So Laudato Deum is uh, the Latin for praise God. Mm-hmm. So the other one was praise be to you. Mm-hmm. La see this one is praise God. So I don't know if you want to share anything before I talk about some things that I found very interesting in this encyclical. Well, I've got a quote here from a website, firstthingsfirst.com. And uh, yeah, I've just, this might be interesting to you if I can read it. This is by Francis Mayer. And he is writing this this website. He's a senior fellow in Catholic studies at the Ethics and Public Policy Center. And this is what it says here. He says, The most disappointing quality to Laudate Diem is that from paragraph 2 through paragraph number 60, it could have been drafted by any intelligent non-believer working for a secular NGO. Jesus makes an appearance in paragraph 1, then goes on a hiatus until paragraph 64. In a text of 7,500 words, the word Jesus appears three times, God 11 times, church once, Catholic twice, biblical once, Bible once, and Christian once. Laudato Diem is an essentially secular document with a religious addendum. Mm, That is spot on. It's really interesting. That is spot on. And that is exactly what struck me when I went through that document. And literally in the first paragraph... Yeah, there's a couple of scriptures there, one from Matthew, one from Luke, and you literally have to get down to the very bottom 
and uh, you get down to this last section here, section number six, spiritual motivations, and there's a couple of scriptures there, well, three scriptures thrown in, one from Genesis 1, 31, the other one, Deuteronomy 10, 14, another one from Leviticus. Otherwise, there's no scripture at all. Now, why do you think that is? I've got my thoughts and my views. Why do you think that this um, document, this encyclical, which in the past has been filled with Scripture, like when popes put out encyclicals, it's generally speaking for the Roman Catholic Church, church. audience, yeah. for the church. Now he's speaking are, to politics. Now he's speaking to politics. Governments. Speaking to, exactly. If he put a lot of Scripture in there and a lot of Christian themes and messages... Would that potentially ostracize this document from the broader non-Christian community? Yeah, most most definitely it would. It would. So um, in the first one, he he sort of spent a lot of time uh, dealing with uh, the scientific mm-hmm. side of the climate crisis and there was a lot of moralizing as well mm-hmm. that he threw in the mix. But in this one, it's a whole heap more secular than the first one. What's also fascinating to me, and I've made a couple of notes here, is that he is speaking of the need for a global authority mm-hmm. beyond the United Nations. All right, check this out, check this out. All right, which one am I going to read here? There's, um, the heading is the weakness of international politics. So that's the heading. That's, that's section number three. Yep. And he goes on and he says, where are we here? Um, Okay. He says, I'll I'll, I'll go to number 35, um, section 35. It says, It is not helpful to confuse multilateralism with a world authority concentrated in one person or in an elite with excessive power. You kind of got to understand what what the lingo is here. He's saying that we need to have a multilateral political approach. Nations, individual nations cannot make their own decisions. We need to make decisions on the environment collectively. Mm -hmm. There needs to be a collective approach. He goes on, he says, when we talk about the possibility of some form of world authority regulated by law, we need not necessarily think of a personal authority. We are speaking above all of more effective world organizations equipped with the power to provide for the global common good. That's a fascinating, that's a keyword, common good. You're going to come across that over and over again. The elimination of hunger and poverty and the sure defense of fundamental human rights. The issue is that they must be endowed with real authority or in another encyclical, Benedict said real teeth. Instead of the word authority, mm-hmm. he referred to real teeth. That was in connection with the economic crisis, and he was talking about this global authority with real teeth yep. that the United Nations obviously doesn't have. In such a way as to provide for the attainment of certain essential goals. In this way, there could come about multilateralism that is not dependent on changing political conditions or the interests of a certain few and possesses a stable efficacy. All right, this is really interesting. We have an example of this. Under, under Barack Obama, the United States signed up to the Paris Agreement, right? In 2015, hot on the heels of that first encyclical, La Dato Si, which mm-hmm. was put out in 2015, which was on the back of his visit, or I should say, yeah. preceded by his visit to the United States of America, speaking to both houses of Congress, the United Nations, you name it, huge 
historical and significantly prophetic uh, events that took place. Our friend Obama leaves, and who follows? Donald Trump. What does Donald Trump do on the very first day in office? He rips up the Paris Climate Accord as far as America's buy-in. He says, we are not part of that. I'm pulling the United States out of the Paris Agreement. He looks out for America's interests. Exactly. So for the next four years, it's a different, it's a different agenda. Come <laughs> out with Trump, out with Trump. He heads out the revolving door in and, and in with Joe. And what does he do on his first day? First day signs the, the treaty again. The Paris Agreement, the first day. So what, so what Pope Francis is saying, we cannot, we cannot have a world where depending on who's the president, of the United States or any other country, depending on whether it's the Liberals or the Labor or Nationals or the Greens or One Nation, regardless of who's in power, the agenda must remain. We must all remain on this train together. Mm. So this world authority that trumps, if I could use that word, that supersedes national sovereignty. Huge. This Powerful. is huge. Yeah. If you if you really think about this, this is talking about a one world government, mm. essentially mm-hmm. a one world order. And the last time mm-hmm. I checked, um, Revelation seventeen. Could you please read for me Revelation seventeen, verse twelve to fourteen, on this very point? Yes, the Bible here says the ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are the one of one mind and they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and king of kings and those who are with him are called, chosen and faithful. The Bible actually says that at the end of time, the world governments will come together and it will be a time of crisis. It'll be for a short time. For a short time. And how do we know that? Because also 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3 says, when they say what? Peace and safety. Then? Sudden destruction mm-hmm. comes. comes. Upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they will not escape. In the context of peace and safety, we've been talking about the Middle East and there is desperate need for the Middle East peace plan. There was a, a plan on the table between um, Saudi Arabia and Israel, normalizing relations, and the United States was seeking to broker that deal, and that's obviously most likely fallen apart right now because Saudi Arabia is not in favor of what Israel is doing. They've spoken out against that. And so we have here, they are of one mind, one hour, and they give their authority to the beast. Who's the beast? The papacy. The papacy. Who is saying that we ought to have one global authority where all the governments the come together? Papacy. The papacy is saying we need the ten kings to come together to be of one mind. Wow. Have mercy. It's literally following the script from 2,000 years ago. Amazing. Amazing. And we know that this is going to be right at the end because in Revelation 18 it says there for one hour, for mm-hmm. one hour, for one hour, both the political and the economic leaders come together, give their authority to the beast, and it all turns to custard. Mm. And it all happens in a short space of time. We are right there, and this is exactly what he's saying. And he goes on. I'll read a little bit more from this encyclical. And there's something huge. Oh, he throws the United States under the bus. Yeah. Big time right at the end. We're going to get to that um, before we close. And the United States (laughs) is going to lead the world at the end of time. I know we've got like less than two minutes, folk. (laughs) Pray for me. Pray for me, folk. Go for it. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Section number 36. 
He goes on, he says, it continues to be regrettable that global crises are being squandered Mm -hmm. when they could be the occasions to bring about beneficial changes. This is what happened in 2007-2008 financial crisis and again in the COVID-19 crisis. And he says, he goes, for the actual strategies developed worldwide in the wake of those crises fostered greater individualism, less integration, saying we became more individualistic, less, less global and Increase freedom for the truly powerful who always find a way to escape unscathed. So he's saying we had opportunities to come together collectively, but instead we became more polarized. We became more scattered. Mm. He's saying the global crisis is our final opportunity to come together. All right. Oh, boy, there are so many more things. Well, luckily this show continues on week after week. (laughs) This is what he does to the United States of America. Where are we here? He throws them under the bus. Where are we here? Um, yeah, section 72, just before his conclusion in 73, where he says, praise God. Um, 72, listen to this. If we consider that emissions per individual in the United States are about two times greater than those of individuals living in China, have mercy on that. That's, that's like a red flag. That is huge. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He, he's just thrown the United States under the bus comparing him to China and saying that China's doing better. That's huge. Wow. And about seven times greater than the average of the poorest countries, we can state that a broad change in the irresponsible lifestyle connected with the Western model would have a significant long-term impact. As a result, along with indispensable political decisions, we would be making progress along the way to genuine care for one another. The United States is where it's all going to happen at the end of time. That's mm. where it's going. That's that's the epicenter of Bible prophecy, not Israel. Mm-hmm. And he throws that in at the end. Now that is not coincidence, my friends. Nope. And he mentions earlier on, if we only reduced our emissions by 10%, it would make a huge difference. 10% one day. We're getting closer and closer. I'm telling you, it's all in this encyclical. Amazing. And we're running out of we're time. We're running out of time just as well. well. But anyway, we're going to continue this next week. Definitely. Alana Rogers is going to bring to us this song, Where Else? I'm curious to know what it's going to say, but uh, stay with us. We've still got a little bit more after this. Messiah, God's love. 
Rogers bringing to us Where Else and what a beautiful song that was. Our time today on the Looking Up program has just flown by real fast. It's evaporated. It's gone. And Pastor Danny, I want you to have your final chance to say something (laughs) (laughs) in the time that remains because I know he's really had to cut so much. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just as well. This is an ongoing program and there's so much more to share. But, folk, um, from what we are sharing today, and today we've really only scratched the surface in in some of the things that are taking place. There's so much taking place on so many areas. Mm. It's just a convergence. I refer to it as a convergence of prophetic events that are taking place in all in all areas of of our world. And so this is all telling us that Jesus is indeed coming soon. So Mm -hmm. we need to continue to look up Mm -hmm. because our redemption is indeed drawing near and every encyclical that comes out from Pope Francis. And by the way, his encyclical Fratelli Tutti is on what? Is on coming together, Mm. is on reconciling, is on having peace and harmony in society. Is that needed? Is that needed today? Absolutely. That's very much needed. And his other encyclical on the environment is also seen as needed so both groups um, in society the left and the right have have pope francis sharing with them a message of hope seeking to bring both groups together as we've talked about in the past and so we are getting closer and closer to the coming of jesus and with all attention and with all the chaos and confusion, I thank God that we have Jesus. Amen. He is the Prince of Peace. Um, He is the ultimate peacemaker. He's the Prince of Peace. That's what his name would be, according to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You know, when the angels came and sang, they said, you know, peace, peace be unto you. And so, you know, Jesus was born and he came to bring peace. And I want to share this beautiful passage here in Revelation 21, verse 4 that tells us that God is going to have the final word. God's going to have the final word, and this will be the end of the story. The Bible says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And verse 5, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Mm. And I love what it says in verse 6. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. And it goes on and it gives the promise that, yeah, there's a new day coming, Mm. a brand new day. And so it's my prayer that everyone will be part of that new day where there'll be no more pain, suffering and sorrow. Absolutely. That day is coming closer with Mm. each passing day. Would you uh, close for us in prayer? Sure, I'd love to. Father in heaven, we want to thank you again for the precious promises we have in your word, Lord, that 
what's going on right around us is not the end. It's not the final word, but Lord, you have the final word. Your Amen. promises, dear Lord, are telling us that you are the one that's going to usher in everlasting peace and righteousness. I pray, Father, that we'll all be part of your family, your eternal family, Amen. and that we'll all be ready when you come, that we'll not be caught by surprise as um, those in the Middle East were in Israel over the weekend, but that we'll be ready, looking up and uh, waiting for you when you come. May that be our prayer and our desire is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our program today. We always enjoy your company, and we would like to invite you to stay tuned to this channel. There's another live program coming to you from Adelaide, the Drive Time program. Uh, Also next week... I will not be here, but you will be here. There's a testimony. Yeah, we've got a testimony. We've got a testimony, so you don't want to miss that. Mm. Same time, same place, this time next week. And uh, I'm sure there'll be lots more to talk about next week also. <laughs> with the way <laughs> You can be sure of that. <laughs> with the way things are going. But um, until then, we just want to encourage everybody to just continue to take that time every day to spend mm. time with Jesus Amen. in prayer because that's where our trust needs to be in Christ. And so I want to leave you with our tagline here for this program, Remember that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. And that's because we look to Jesus. And so God bless you. We look forward to your company again. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me.